Did you know that God refers to his people in the Bible as precious jewels? Well, he does. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 17, God declared, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. Who's God referring to in this verse? He's referring to everyone who loves and fears him and who meditates on his name, those whose names are written in the book of remembrance. I met a special friend when I was at NRB recently. I'm going to talk just a little bit about the history of diamonds in the Bible today and then air a part of an interview from a wonderful friend from the National Religious Broadcasters Association, a bit of a special podcast today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys have joined me today here at the intersection of faith and culture. Some of you guys have been asking me about my travel season and where I will be in the weeks and months to come. If you'd like to find out where you can meet me in person, just go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events, and that's where you can find me. We have been absolutely engrossed over here moving into our new facility, and I am excited to bring it to you. If you are a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast, we've got more video and pictures that we're going to be sharing with you, so stay tuned for that. But the big move was last Saturday, and I missed it, of course, because I was in Los Angeles for the California Home Educators uh, Association, and we had a great time there, but I missed the move here. And this is really cool, you guys. The Lord's timing is so incredible. God loves you. I want you to know it. If you don't know it, you need to know it. God loves you. And my husband and I have been praying for a building for from the planted family for a long time actually praying for this ministry for many many years and we had the tremendous gift of the building that we have been in for the last seven years and then god did an extraordinary thing in providing this facility for us and you can look it up i'll put some pictures of it in the show notes today if you're subscribed to the show like i said we're going to be putting video in there and a little bit more private behind the scenes tours of what's going on here so you can see it a little bit more but uh, we had about 60 people show up last Saturday to help us move from our old facility into the new one. And so we're still sort of surrounded by boxes, a lot of sitting on furniture going on around here. But we are getting ready to open the Homeschool Resource Center to classes in just about six weeks. So please pray for us. If you would like to support this ministry financially, the goal, of course, is to get homeschool resource centers like this one in uh, cities all across the United States and to help parents with the ability to really take their children out of these broken, woke, wicked systems of education, which is exactly what they are. If they're not for God, the Bible says they are against him. And we know that the public school system is not for God, so therefore it is against him. So we're trying to give parents uh, another lane for educating their children, whereby we come alongside them and offer them help and support and tutoring and a community and all kinds of classes for helping parents write transcripts and teaching their children how to read and all those kinds of things. So that's happening through the ministry that is Firmly Planted Family. And if you're interested in supporting what we're doing, we would love to hear from you. We'd love your help. You can go to firmlyplantedfamily.org and just click on the button that tells you how to give to our nonprofit organization. We would be so thrilled and uh, would love it if you guys would enter into this ministry with us. Well, we've heard now for a long, long time that diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? That was Marilyn Monroe. Diamonds are a status symbol in Western culture. And years ago, I was gifted my grandmother's diamond uh, from my family. And uh, I wear that and it reminds me 
of the enduring love that my grandfather had for my grandmother it reminds me of all kinds of things. It makes me a hundred different kinds of happy. Not the biggest diamond on the face of the earth, but that doesn't matter. It was a, a precious gift that was that was given to me years and years ago. And in our culture right now, diamonds really are just a, they're really a status symbol. That's why you see, you know, when a, a celebrity gets engaged, they have to show you a diamond on her finger that's, you know, as big as a doorknob. And we all can ooh and all over it. We know that every kiss begins with K. Americans have been taught to want these precious gems, to want diamonds. And diamonds have also been given significance in the Bible. And there are some things that we can learn from studying diamonds. And I have a new friend on the show today who's going to talk to us a little bit about it. But I wanted to give you just a little bit of the history of diamonds. And I looked it up, you know, on uh, Professor Google, and I found out a little bit of information about the history of diamonds. And I thought this was interesting because many of you may not know this, but I actually lost my grandmother's diamond uh, last year during my run for Congress. I'll never forget as long as I live. I was sitting in front of Goldie's Barbecue right here in Vancouver, Washington, and I was getting ready to go into the restaurant and speak to a crowd of people about my run for Congress. And I happened to look down at my hand as I was getting out of the car, and I noticed that my diamond was missing from my ring. It had just fallen out uh, of the centerpiece of my ring. One of the prongs had come loose, and I just felt this you know, just not in my stomach. And again, it's not that the diamond was worth so much money. It's that it had tremendous value to me, tremendous sentimental value. And I just felt like, man, it was just a gut punch in the middle of all the things that I was going through. I looked throughout the car. Um, I got out and searched underneath the seat. I looked in my purse and I just thought, there's no way I'm going to find this little tiny diamond. It's like, it's going to be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. And so I just, eventually we just gave up. And fast forward some weeks after that, and Jay and I were visiting our friends, Steve and Jane Lambert, at their summer home in Ludington, Michigan. And we were getting ready to go for a walk or something. We, we really only had, I was speaking for, um, for the Michigan Inland Association of Homeschoolers, and we weren't that far from Steve and Jane, which is why we took the day and drove up to Ludington. So we really just had a very, very brief visit with our, with our friends and we were getting ready to go out, I think for lunch or for a walk or something. And I, there was some sand in the bottom of my little white purse. And so I went to turn the inside of my purse inside out when I noticed a little flicker on the bottom of my purse. And I thought, man, that, you know, that's weird. And I looked a little closer and my heart stopped again. And I thought, oh my goodness, I wonder if this is my grandmother's diamond. So I really carefully reached in and I, I grabbed this little, this little stone and pulled it out and set it on the counter. And I looked at it and I thought, this cannot be, this cannot be my grandmother's diamond. I just can't believe it. I had, we'd prayed about it. I was sort of heartsick over it. I told my mom, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I lost the diamond on grandma's ring. And it was just this big thing. And I took a picture of it with my phone so I could zoom in. And sure enough, because uh, I thought, well, maybe it's just a rock and it like, looks shiny. Nope, that was my grandmother's diamond. And I thought, man, how precious is it that the Lord loved me enough to restore that diamond to me? And for our anniversary this last year, in fact, Jay and I are coming up on another anniversary, September 30th. But for our anniversary this last year, Jay, my sweet husband, took that stone and had it reset in my grandmother's ring. And so just precious, precious significance. And diamonds have always carried significance for human beings, or at least for a very long time. The ancient Greeks believed 
that diamonds were splinters of stars that had fallen to the earth. The word diamond in the Greek language translates as adamas, which means an unconquerable, indestructible. And in 327 BC, Alexander the Great brought the first diamond from Europe to India, the land where diamonds were first discovered. The Romans believed that diamonds had the power to ward off evil spirits, and they wore them around their necks. In 1477, Mary of Burgundy received a diamond engagement ring from Archduke Maximilian of Austria. And as a result, the history and tradition of the diamond engagement ring began. The largest diamond that was ever discovered occurred was 1905, and it weighed in at 3,106 carats, and it was named after Thomas Cullinan, the owner of Premier Diamond, uh, the Premier Diamond Company, and its nickname is the Great Star of Africa. Some of you may have heard about it. The creator of Diamond State Park in Arkansas is the world's only diamond mine that's open to the public, and you guys can go there and you can dig for free. And there was a diamond named Uncle Sam found there in 1924. So occasionally you'll get your money back in finding a diamond, but probably not very likely. The diamond is the hardest of all the gemstones known to man. And I believe in, in many ways, you know, the, the, uh, the illustrations, the spiritual implications of this are kind of astounding. But it's also the simplest in composition. It's basically made up of only one element. It's a common carbon. And so approximately 250 tons of ore are needed to be mined and processed from the average kimberlite pipe in order to produce one carat of a polished diamond of gem quality. Kimberlite is the name that's given to a volcanic rock. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that no temptation has overcome us that's not common to man. The Bible says that God is faithful. He's not going to let us be tempted beyond our ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape. Why? So that we could be able to endure it. And I think sometimes of the the uh, the grinding, the the weight of our sin that we carry, and God grinds back the flaws in our character. He polishes our surfaces after we come to saving faith in him and after we give him our weaknesses, because the Bible says that in our weakness, he is strong and we can trust him to help us through trials, knowing that he's not going to allow us to break. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Ask yourself today, do you allow yourself to sparkle the light of Christ through service to other people as the Lord develops the fruit of the Spirit? in your life? Do we shine his light every day as we go about uh, the Father's business? Because God wants us to do that. Do we delight in being corrected by God for our own good? I had an interesting opportunity uh, at a jeweler recently to watch them as they shaped this diamond. It really just comes in. It doesn't look like much. When you first look at it, you're like, eh, nothing special. But someone who knows what they're looking at can see that diamond and see that there is something precious underneath this refuse that we may not see with the naked eye or certainly not a trained eye. And I think it's a similar thing to what God does with us. This process that we give God our sort of diamond in the rough lives, right? And God, through helping us understand him through his word, he, we know that he's always with us. We know he'll never leave us even to the end of the age. And we know that we can give our lives to him without holding back because we all start out like diamonds, right? Uh, 
covered in refuge, you know, encased in this uh, stone that doesn't look like much. But with God's help and with his dedication and his unfailing love, with the mercy of God and the gift of salvation, we know that we can finish the race of joy because God's going to finish the work that he's begun in us. He's going to finish the work and he's begun in us with just like a jeweler finishes the work of creating a diamond after, out of what they call a diamond in the rough. By the way, if you've never heard the phrase a diamond in the rough, it's used when someone refers to the person who has this exceptional hidden talent or maybe these beautiful characteristics or all this potential, but they need the final finishing touches that would make him or her stand out from the crowd. Of course, it's a metaphorical phrase and we're, we're using it to demonstrate that this person might seem ordinary when you first look at him. But with a little bit of imagination and with a little bit of work and with a little bit of process, right? The process of polishing that stone until the diamond begins to shine through, we know that there's something precious underneath that in, in the complete package. And that's what God sees. God sees every single one of us with tremendous potential. We are all different physically, but just as diamonds are shaped into different designs, God sees the ultimate product of what we can become under his expert care. And today I've got a special guest on the show. I'm going to I'm going to air an interview that's a couple of weeks old now from the National Religious Broadcasters Association. Many of you know that I was there in Florida just a few short weeks ago. Stay tuned for my interview with my brand new friend Ari Wolf. I've been talking with several people from Israel while I've been here at NRB. And I ran into a new friend last night. His name is Ari Wolf, and I've actually invited him to come on and expand on this idea of gems, particularly diamonds, as it relates to scripture. I think this is going to be a fantastic conversation. Ari Wolf is from Israel. You guys are going to love uh, love what he has to say as much as I do. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for thank joining me. Thank you very me. much. I appreciate it. And uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. It's very exciting for me, and I would like to express uh, from here. Orlando, um, the gratitude that I have for the Christian community, for the warmth that I felt in this NRB convention. Uh, there was an amazing event last night, at Israel 365. Yes, it was sponsored yes. by Israel 365 and had an uh, amazing uh, lineup of speakers from uh, Nick Vujicic to uh, Eric uh, Stickleback. And, and the warmth and support we feel for our country is very, very uh, important for us. Um, I also was fortunate to hear uh, Governor uh, DeSantis speak yes. on uh, on Monday night and yeah. uh, amazing uh, support for for our country. So I'm very appreciative of that uh, for that feeling, and uh, I'm gonna well the take, Christian take it back home. the Christian community, uh, you know, and has a strong affinity to Israel, and it comes directly out of Scripture, right? And Absolutely. so we're thrilled that you're here Thank and you. uh, excited to see what God does in the days ahead. You are in the diamond industry. Yes, I am. And uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, I, I was telling a friend of mine yesterday that this was just, I had a cross made for me that was encrusted with diamonds recently from another person that I met. And she was talking about, about the significance of diamonds in the Bible, but I haven't really had a chance to talk to uh, my audience about this. And when, you, when I met you and, you and you began to kind of talk about the same thing, I thought, you know, this is a good thing to bring to... <laughs> audiences, because I think we can, kind of, you know, we hear Marilyn Monroe, you know, she's singing diamonds are a girl's best friend, right. but there's more to it than just here's something you can spend a lot of money on, isn't there? Absolutely. Uh, diamonds have the perception in the world as being um, all related to, to women, to bling bling, to luxury, 
status. To, uh, status. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we're trying to change, uh, make a little disruption in, in, in that uh, market. And with the understanding, the diamonds are actually connected much more um, uh, deep-rooted to the Bible. Yeah. And uh, the first connection to that is the fact that the first mention of the word diamond, I think, in humanity was actually uh, 3,500 years ago in the Bible. And it was on the breastplate of the uh, high priest. It was the sixth stone, uh, the stone that stands for the, the tribe of Zebulun. Is that how it's pronounced? I believe so. Zebulun. Zebulun, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Zebulun was, the, was the, um, the tribe that stood for uh, commerce. And he supported uh, his brother, Yisachar, who was the one who studied. So it was a combination of, uh, of uh, spirit and, and materialism. Mm -hmm. He was the supporter of the learning of the, of the Bible. So that was the first mention. And we know that the, uh, the breastplate of the, uh, the high priest, the stones on it, it was all 12, 12 different stones, it was not a decoration. It was there as a communication with God. And God gave a command to the high priest as to whether to go out to war or uh, other instructions. So it really was somewhat of a science fiction in the way it worked, mm -hmm. but it was a, a certain Morse code uh, connectivity to the, to, the, to the Lord. So that's the first connection to diamonds. The, the second connection is in the Hebrew language, the word diamond is in Hebrew, it's Yahalom. Yahalom has four letters, Yud, He, Lamed, Mem, and those four letters are all encompassed in the word Elohim, which is the word for God. So we feel that it can't be that the, the Bible put the word diamond inside the word of God for just to be a girl's best friend. It must wow. be something a lot more significant than that. Yeah. So uh, that's just two of the points. There are many more of uh, connectivity between diamonds and the, the world of the, of the Bible, the world of the Torah. And uh, we're looking to make that change in perception, um, taking the, and, and connecting the ultimate of um, the spiritual, spiritual world, the book of books, with the ultimate of the material world, which is diamonds, the most expensive material on earth. It's kind of an amazing uh, change of narrative around diamonds, you know, and certainly this is not something you're going to hear in the United States. I mean, this was my sort of my first in introduction to this line of thinking that changes the way we look at a diamond. It would change. I mean, to me, it changes the way we look at a diamond in a wedding ring, for example. Right, right. Uh, it changes the, the things that we decide to do with a diamond. What mm. would we put a diamond on? Correct. Uh, that kind of thing. And I'm curious to know, as you're talking about this, because I'm imagining that here at NRB, I mean, it's very busy here. Mm. Uh, and the, the atmosphere really is electric. The, uh, the conversations that are happening between Jews and Christians in particular, mm -hmm. I think, uh, eye-opening. And I'm curious to know, are, when you're talking about this with people, are you seeing that it's sort of changing perception that people can, their eyebrows kind of go up and go, oh, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't thought of that. Right. I'm definitely hearing the, the comment, uh, oh, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> that was what uh, I said. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely the first, uh, the first reaction. Um, it's, it's a process, obviously, when you're changing the uh, um, perception of, of people that for hundreds of years, if not thousands, mm -hmm. have thought in a certain way. It takes time. Mm -hmm. um, but our, we definitely see ourselves as a, a content company. Uh, we are selling a product. It's a beautiful uh, luxury product of uh, diamonds encrusted on a, on a Bible, uh, the Old Testament. And, um, but we feel it is very important for us to get the, the message 
out to the mass public. Yeah. And that's really our um, focus, and that's why I'm uh, really excited to be on this program and try mm -hmm. to get that message out. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah. And if people wanted to find you, where would they find you online? Uh, the, the name of the website is oryahalom.com. It's O R. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have yeah. to. You're gonna have to spell that. Y a h a l o m. That's Yahalom. That's the diamond in Hebrew. dot com. And uh, we the, currently the, the the books are located in uh, three luxury hotels in, in Israel, one in Tel Aviv, and two in Jerusalem. And we're gonna start uh, online sales uh, now in America. So uh, we look forward to you know spreading the light again on on the website. There's a lot of the content and uh, messaging and the philosophy behind the company. And I'll explain just two more items of uh, connectivity between diamonds and, uh, and the Bible. Number one, everything, all of God's creation uh, are formed perfectly. Uh, a tree is created a tree. A tiger is a tiger. It might be a small tiger. It grows to a bigger tiger. A boy is a boy. A boy is a boy. A girl is a girl. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, no. the correlations we could make right now. No, it's or they's. Um, and, uh, but yet a diamond needs man's uh, intervention in order to perfect it and bring out the light. Because uh, a rough diamond, as if you saw it on the ground, you wouldn't even pick it up. It could be worth a million dollars. You wouldn't know it unless it's polished uh, by man, uh, by another diamond. You need another diamond to polish a diamond. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, part of the... In Hebrew, we say Ezer Kenegdo, when uh, God told Adam that he was going to create um, his wife to be, um, he told her, I'm going I'm to form for you an Ezer Kenegdo, a, a person um, to help you. And so you need two diamonds to polish each other. I so that's another that. very important message. And the, and the last message is that diamonds are made of 100% carbon. And they start in the earth as black powder, black carbon powder. And they form over hundreds or thousands of years into white crystal material. So it goes from black to white, from dust to uh, the hardest material on earth. So that is what we refer to as uh, in Hebrew, which is uh, from nothing formed something. That's uh, part of the creation. So we definitely see diamonds connected to the, uh, the whole story of the creation. And uh, with that, we're going to bring that message to the world. I love that. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and just taking time. I know you're really busy here and I appreciate you stopping by and I hope people will, will think a little bit differently as I am about diamonds and uh, the mention of jewels in the Bible. This is conversations I've been having all week with different people. So I appreciate you coming on and adding to it. I appreciate it. Where can people find you one more time? Oryahalom.com. O-R-Y-A-H-A-L-O-M.com. You did that well. Nice. Nice <laughs> job. I love Thank it. You. I love it. If you got questions, if you want to reach out to me, idstjohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Thanks a lot, you guys. I'll see you right back here again next time.